Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Much flood like, but there is most of my talks. And actually, I spoke yesterday at Community Miracle Center. I will probably have that up on Wednesday in the video form. Um, but it's going to be some of the same material that I talk about today, um, but we'll go a little more in depth. I actually talked about work yesterday. Um, I called it How to Make Your Work Work for You. Um, but being February, we've been looking at relationships, and in particular, love relationships, love towards God, love towards self. We're going to look today at love towards others. And then next week we will look at love towards those specifically who might challenge us, which will actually be a little bit of a continuance of today. So I want to start off with just an opening meditation, and then from there we can get started. We can talk about what we talked about the last couple of weeks, and then we can talk about some new things. So I just invite you, if you're somewhere where you can, somewhere where it's safe, to close your eyes and get relaxed, get seated in, uncross your arms, uncross your legs, just make yourself it cozy, nice and cozy and comfy. Noticing your breath over and over. If your mind starts to wander, just notice that. And then come back and notice where you are on your breathing. Are you inhaling? Or are you exhaling? And observe and notice that maybe the breath feels different on the inhale than it does on the exhale. Notice the sensation going between the nose to the throat to the chest and into the abdomen. And then the air releasing from the abdomen to the chest, back through the throat and back through the nose. We just use the breath as a point of focus because it's something that's always with us. 
It's something that is changing. It's coming and it's going. And yet it is constant in our presence. It's something that as our mind wanders, we can always come back to while we're in this body. Continue to allow yourself, again, as your mind wanders, as it's bound to do, just come back again and notice your breath. If you notice that your mind's wandering a lot, you might want to just maybe increase the pace of your breath just a tad. Sorry, I said that wrong. If your mind's wandering, you're going to decrease your pace just a tad. And just allow yourself to just really focus on that flow of in and out. The breath symbolizes a lot of things. The breath can symbolize simply the flow of life. There's the saying, the only thing that doesn't change is that there's always change. Things come as the inhale does, and things go as the exhale. Things are transitory. Things within the illusion are not eternal. And so they rise and they fall, they come and they go. The breath can also symbolize, in some ways, the Holy Spirit being the bridge between the spiritual realm and the realm we see as the physical realm, or the realm between the conscious and the unconscious. It is that which is there and yet is constantly changing. We allow ourselves just to sink into this knowledge, knowing that we are that we are guided and protected. We are led and we are loved. We are peace and we are the peaceful. Knowing that all things have been gently planned for our good. You notice as we breathe in and breathe out, allowing the breath to come and go, that as our attention is drawn to it, that that is actually all we have. Any thoughts of the past are just that. They're thoughts. They're present thoughts about something that we think happened. And yet that event is gone. Any thoughts we have of the future are just simply thoughts about that are in the present. The future hasn't happened yet in our understanding and our perception. And so it doesn't really exist either. We just have this moment of breath. 
And we just allow ourselves to turn inward with that, to know that we are present in this moment. We are connecting with our brothers and sisters as one. Through, through the opportunity of ACI and Gather, through the medium of the Internet, release any thoughts, any concerns, any worries that we need to do anything other than just be present in this moment, knowing that the only thing we have, the only thing we can do, the only thing we control is this second. And even that is but an illusion. And so we allow ourselves just to sink in, to join in our hearts, to join in our thoughts, to be together as one. We commit this time to that, to sharing and joining and healing any thoughts, any beliefs of separation or limitation and allow our hearts to be open and guided. And so with grace and gratitude, we allow it to be. And so it is. I know it's kind of funny. It's like sometimes I, a lot of times I'll try to somehow theme the meditation towards kind of what we're talking about today. Um, and yet that one I just really felt guided to stay with the breath. Um, that was a song. It was actually related to the root chakra, um, supposedly. And I just felt really guided just to stay with the breath, to just stay in that present moment. And so hopefully, trusting you enjoyed that. It was a good meditation. <laughs> so I just want to share um, some thoughts about relationships today. Over the last month, we've been talking, I said, about love in particular, because it's February. It's the month of love. And, um, you know, the first week we talked about loving God, and so often we perceive, We'll say, oh, I'm not angry at God, and yet we'll judge our circumstances. We'll judge how things are going on in our life. We'll say, oh, this shouldn't have happened. This was bad. Um, Those kinds of things. And those are, in essence, our judgments are saying God has messed up, that Holy Spirit is not watching over things, that you know, that God's out there trying to get me or, or God's not competent is another thought. And we, like I said, we don't say that, but anytime we go into that thought of things aren't how they should be, then we are going into this, the thought that God isn't good enough and we're judging God. It's, it's, a, it's a way of suppressing anger because, oh my goodness, we all know good Course in Miracles students. Spiritual students don't get mad at God, Right? <laughs> and so it's like, you know, we, we play that game of, oh, I'm, I'm just going to say, um, I'm being patient. I'm being, I, I, I'm learning patience through this experience. And we make it sound so spiritual. And let's be honest, what's patience? Patience is saying, this situation sucks. 
and I'm putting up with it, and I'm smiling, even though I say it sucks. <laughs> Have you ever thought of that? Like, ultimately, the only time you need patience is when you're saying things aren't the way you want them to be. Things aren't going well. And so it's a very spiritual way of saying, I'm upset at God without admitting it. And so we kind of talked that first week about, you know, allowing things to be, acknowledging that we don't know our own best good, acknowledging that our experience is limited at this moment, seems to be limited by time and space, and to allow ourselves to open up to trusting and knowing that Holy Spirit is going to take every experience, every event, every relationship, and transform it so that we can awaken, and that the clouds can part, and we gently awaken dreams to know that we're always in heaven. And so that's, you know, we have to release that thought that we know better than God. And in doing that, we can release a lot of anger. Like, you know, being spiritual, quote, quote, we, we, we don't phrase it that way, but let's be honest, that's probably what it is. We're usually pissed off at God when we say those things. And last week we talked about um, self-love, that you are a perfect child of God. God created you innocent, and so you are still innocent. Love created you itself, so you are love. And we talked about it's kind of like two visuals. I saw it. Um, it was talk- about a bank. Bingo? Bingo. Um, when it was born, so the mom child burned the zoo where he was living. The, the, the zoo where this said, oh my gosh, of the na- nature of a tiger is to be part of a pack. That's an event, but that being said, oh boy, let's help Kiri. I think Kiri wants to go to the restroom. We're going to ignore her. Come here, Kiri, Kiri. Come on. Okay. It was an interesting experience that the zoo said, well, where are we going to find a... Okay, maybe, well, maybe not packs. <laughs> I'm not about doing it from memory. They were saying the tiger needed to have a family. I'm not sure about packs. Might not have been the right word. Um, but they're saying the, the tiger needed a family. And they said, where are we going to find a, a, a family for this tiger? The tiger's mama died. And, and they showed video of it, and they said this happens a lot. They do it a lot in zoos when the mama tiger is not able to nurse. The baby tiger was joined to the, no, it's not, um, was joined with a family of pigs. <laughs> pigs, little pink pigs. The baby pigs were little. Um, the mama pigs, they said actually it's a problem with mama pigs. Mama pigs tend to get so large. Curie, not now, honey. 
the mama pigs get so large, they frequently actually will hurt the baby pigs. Um, and so they have this whole system set up where the mama pig can feed the baby pigs. And the um, tiger, the tiger cub came apart as pig family. And it would play with the pigs. And there's pictures of this pig and the cows, well, not the pig, the pigs and this one little tiger nursing. And just the craziness of that picture. And they said, you know, this little pig, or, or this little tiger, seemed to think he was a pig. And yet, no matter how much that pig, or no matter how much that tiger, oh boy, my doggy, I think, needs to go potty. I'm going to try to switch this over here. No matter how much that doggy, or no, how much the tiger wanted a pig, the tiger was always a Okay, there we go. Sorry about that. I um, was trying to turn my phone on so that I could um, switch. My dog apparently has decided that now is the moment she must go to the restroom. Um, so what I was saying is this tiger was playing with all the piggies and seemed to think that it was a piggy. But no matter how much that tiger played with the pigs, no matter what the tiger did with the pigs, no matter that the tiger was suckling with the pigs, the tiger was still a tiger. And so we talked last week that, you know, a lot of times that's our experience, that we have the um, thought, you know, it says, you know, love created me like itself. And we think, well, I don't seem to be love. I'm not acting like love. I don't look like love. And you know what? It doesn't matter. We're like that tiger. No matter what we think we are, no matter how we act or pretend to be, if we are still loved, then that is what we are. There's no debate about it. And so from that space, we come to a place of loving ourselves, accepting ourselves. I talked about a lot of the times you may do something um, Um, you may do something that has the appearance of not being loved, and yet no matter what you say or do, that is the truth of who you are. And what that means is also is that you are no less worthy of being treated with respect. You are no less worthy to be happy. You are no less worthy in any other way than any other being. And sometimes we can we can still do things for other people, but we have to recognize that when we're doing those things, that we're not doing them from a place of they deserve more, that I'm sacrificing myself, 
but that comes from a space of I'm love and I'm going to extend that love to the other person. And it may look, I talk about this, it may look exactly the same in terms of content, in terms of how it comes across, and yet the mental space, the space that you are coming from, the heart space, can be very, very different. I think it was Dances and Miracles. I think that's what it is. I'm reading on my phone. So sorry, I've been involved with animal rescue, so I notice things like that. <laughs> and since I notice things like that, when you're talking about, while my eyes prick up when you're telling my story. Um, Dances and Miracles says, how's your peg leg, as you called it? They shoot horses for injuries like yours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, I dance with security. Come here. Hang on. We're getting the pup here while we're doing this. This was an unplanned interruption as I'm doing the show. Um, my peg leg is doing okay. Thank you, dances. Um, hopefully after this week, I'm going to get to shift from having a splint on my foot to having a boot, but I still can't put weight on it for a couple more weeks. So it'll heal in its time. It has, my foot has made it very clear that it is on its schedule and not on mine. <laughs> yeah, my dog usually doesn't go during the rain, and suddenly she has decided we're going out at this moment, right in the middle of pal talk. So, so be it. Um, it just means I'm getting, woo, I'm trying not to fall. Um, <laughs> um, I'm getting a little wet while I'm talking to you guys, because it is raining here in San Francisco. So anyway, this week what I want to talk about is loving our brother, loving the other person. And I'll give you the quotes once I get back into the house. Um, the person talks about judgment is a whim. It's a toy we play with. I want you to think about that. Judgment's a whim. It's a toy we play with. Judgment and beliefs. Oh, you're funny today. Um, judgments are merely beliefs. They're thoughts we have about people. Opinions are thoughts we have about people. Now, I know some people say, oh, I, I shouldn't have opinions because they're judgments. And I agree with that um, philosophy. I believe opinion and judgment is different. Um, judgment is the idea of saying something is right or wrong versus opinion is saying, eh, it's not right, it's not wrong, it's just not what I care for. Um, what my friend describes people in flavors of ice cream. And, you know, nobody else knows it, but we might be out in public, and she'll say, oh, yeah, you know Carrie? Carrie is my mitten chip. And that means she really does not like Carrie. Now, she'll say, I know, you love mitten chip, being ice cream. I love mitten chip. That's an opinion. She doesn't care for Carrie. I'm just using a name. I have no clue where Carrie came from. Um... But she's not saying Carrie's a bad person. It's just not her thing. And so I think the Course does say, you know, we, I don't think the Course is saying you can't have, have an opinion. Um, and so after I think it was my second Sean Powell talk, I got an email. Somebody was upset because I had talked about that I loved, I think it was,
Kelly, he dropped the mic. I don't know if you can hear me, love. <laughs> Bless your heart. Walking the dog. Dropping the mic for you. Thank you very much. Um, we put these judgments on our brothers that are beyond that idea of preference. It's beyond the steps of I don't care for this person. And we start saying this person's a bad person. This person's a mean person. This person's a jerk, whatever. Um, if you listen to Pal Talk um, on Sunday mornings, we do the Sunday service. And two weeks ago, Reverend Tony talked about how he feels about the election and politics and all that. And after the talk, we allow the people who are there to give their thoughts on the talk. And it was very interesting to me because he had done a talk and talked about, you know, I don't remember the exact thing of it, but it was, you know, about non-judgment, basically. Um, and then most of the people that commented said, Trump is crazy. Trump is a racist. Trump is da-da-da-da-da. And I thought, you know, those were beyond opinions because they were saying this is factual. I'm say saying something factual about my brother. And there's two aspects of it. One that I want to bring up is do you know that that's true? When you have an opinion about a brother that you have made into a judgment. You have said, I am declaring this statement to be truth. Do you know it to be true? And people say, well, I saw it on the news. How do you know that the news media is showing you exactly what happened? Did you see every scenario, every angle, every perspective, hear everything that was said in context from every view of every person there, and able to understand all of that together. And if your answer is no, then all you know is what you perceived from a perspective. You don't know if it's true. One of the jokes when I was in law enforcement, we always said, Curie, stop eating grass. One of the jokes we always said in law enforcement was the worst witness is an eyewitness. The worst witness is an eyewitness. Those who appeared... Those who thought they saw what happened usually couldn't tell us really what happened because they saw it from their perspective with their thoughts and their judgments clouding it. Um, I'm going to try to move here so we're away from the street a little more. Um, one of the videos when I was training for law enforcement was a um, video. I think it was a cartoon, actually, if I remember right. And Santa Claus got the bejeebers beaten out of him. And when I say bejeebers beaten out of him, I mean Santa Claus got beaten down big time by a couple of cops. That was the, it was a cartoon, I believe. Santa Claus getting beaten up really bad. And we watched this video three, four times. And they said, okay, write the police report on the video. You know, like, what happened? How would you write this event up? And across the board, there was about 30 of us in class. Across the board, we wrote, you know, they pulled over Santa Claus. 
Santa Claus got out of the car. Here. And they beat up Santa Claus. That was generally the gist of it. Would you testify in court against these, these cops? And across the board, every agent said, yes, absolutely. They then show the same video. Show the same, same video. And they slowed it down. And what all of us had failed to see was that Santa Claus had pulled a knife. <laughs> but none of us thought Santa would have a knife. So none of us were watching for Santa to have a knife. And so we do that when we judge our brothers. We have our thoughts. We have our perceptions of what we think should happen, of what we think is going to happen. And we think that we saw what we thought. And ultimately, that's what we do see. We see our thoughts projected outwards. But we think that we are seeing our brother with pure eyes, that we know and see everything. It's kind of like the instant I forgot the name. Goodness forgive me. I'm horrible with names. There was an instant recently where a young gentleman got shot, and his girlfriend started Kelly herself out of the room, probably accidentally. I'm sure she'll be right. Don't know. She probably can hear this. Hey, there we go. Um, so it's an instant recently, as I say, that a you know, young gentleman, and, and then, you know, he had shot. His girlfriend then starts streaming it on Facebook. And I put up a fairly controversial blog about it. And I had a lot of people said, we know what happened. I know. <laughs> we know what happened because we saw the Facebook video. We saw what his girlfriend videotaped after he had been shot. So we know what happened. And I said to him, did you see what the officer saw and heard just a second before he drew his gun. And people didn't like that because they wanted to believe that this man had gotten shot unjustly. That it was an example of white cop shooting, you know, black victim who didn't deserve it. And then what ended up happening was the girlfriend acknowledged that I... Yeah, I, get, I assume it's probably going to go to court at some point. But I did see some interviews with her where she said, well, yeah, he told the officer he carries a gun. And he was reaching to his back pocket to get his gun permit. Now, that's something that a lot of the media did not talk about. They didn't share. That part was not included in most of the you know, written news stories. It was just... Guy got shot, you know, black gentleman got shot by a white cop, which generally what the news said. 
from a law enforcement perspective, if somebody says, I have a gun, and they start to reach back towards where the gun is held, your thought is, I shoot or I die. And unfortunately, that's, I believe, what that officer thought. His girlfriend thought he was getting his gun permit out. And so it's all a matter of perspective. How do we see things? And do we know that that's really true? And when we don't know their perspective, there really is no way... Yep. There is no way of really knowing. And Dances America says, my eyewitnesses were on the scene, unbiased, firsthand, not second, third, fourth, my friend of a friend of a friend. Um, yeah, and I get that. But the question would be is, do your eyewitnesses see everything from every perspective and hear everything that's going on? You know, we all thought we totally saw Santa getting the crap beaten out of him in that video, unjustly. And none of us saw the knife. So even when we are eyewitnesses, I don't believe we are unbiased. Could we have seen something incorrectly? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. We see everything through a bias. And so we give our brother the benefit of doubt. I'm not saying that we allow anarchy to run. I believe we've made agreements within this illusion to have a civilized society. But we also recognize that we don't know. So I like this kind of section here. And, um, the answer says they volunteered the info. That's the sermon. They all saw the same thing without having spoken to me or each other. And like I said, we all saw the Santa video the same way. Um, and 30, 30 people trained to observe all miss the knife. It's crazy. So we just don't know. That, that is the thing. That's my point. We don't know. <laughs> um, so this comes from the original edition text and it says dream softly of your sinless brother who unites with you in holy innocence and from the stream the Lord of heaven will himself awaken his beloved son dream of your brother's kindness instead of dwelling in your dreams on his mistakes select his thoughtfulness to dream about instead of counting up the hurts he gave Forgive him his illusions and give thanks to him for all the helpfulness he gave. And do not brush aside his many gifts because he is not perfect in your dream. I think this is a big, big, big important one we need to look at. And this kind of goes back with what I was saying. What are we focusing on? If I'm focusing on Santa is innocent, I fail to see, I fail to see the night. When I wanted to see the officer as guilty, I didn't pay attention to the news that gave other circumstances that might have affected the officer's response. Instead, of course, is, you know what? Yeah, your brother might not be perfect in your dream. You might have the thought your brother did something wrong. The question is, what are you going to choose to focus on? What are you going to do? Dances says visual accent is a bit different than a knife. Right of way was the factor. Yeah, and I'm not saying 
100% we're always wrong. The question is, though, do we know our circumstances? My suspicion is, and I don't know the example in your case, I'm just saying example, um, you know, somebody, you know, did the right of way. And the initial thought, probably, of whoever else was involved in the accident was, oh my gosh, that guy was a jerk. He didn't stop at the stop sign. Exactly. Um, yeah, and when the incident of the accident occurred, there may have been a thought by others of judgment. That guy shouldn't have run the stop sign. That person shouldn't have da 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 da. The flip side to that is did we know, and, and you know, maybe after the fact that person did give insight as to what happened. But at the moment of the accident, did we know that that person wasn't, and I'm going to go extreme here, wasn't being hijacked? and that there was a person in their car with the gun. And if they had stopped at the stop sign, they could have been shot by hijacking them. Okay, I get it. It's totally an extreme example. But our thoughts of judgment of he should not have run the stop sign, one is saying God didn't have control. Number two, it's saying I know why they did that, and I'm judging it as wrong. And that's where we get in trouble. Both of those side knots. So, anywho, back to where I was at. <laughs> um, and I think that actually can keep going. Actually, not back to where I'm at. This is still straight in. Do not brush aside many, his many gifts because he's not perfect in, his, in your dream. The person appeared to not yield right away and cause a car accident. Our thought is he screwed up my day. I wasted time at the police report. Now I have to go to the hospital to get checked out. Now I have to get my car fixed. Da 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 da. <laughs> yeah, I'm just using an example because you brought it up. Um, but can you look at that kid and say, "Huh? Okay, that sucks." That my car, in my mind, I would prefer my car didn't get hit. But I don't know what would have happened if that person had not ran into my car. And this actually comes up in disappearance of the universe. If that person had not ran into my car, how do I know that three blocks away, I wouldn't have gotten hit by a different car and the accident would have been worse? How do I know, if I had not been delayed, that I wouldn't have gotten home, not seen my neighbor crossing the driveway and would have ran over my neighbor? We don't know it. That <laughs> We don't know why things happen, how things happen. We don't know the other person's perspective. Can we look at my brother and say, thank you for playing a part, even if I may not understand it? The answer says it was a year ago, and I remember it. Reliving it still. I'm hearing your point. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, you know, can we look at our brother and say, he has given me many gifts, even if I perceive him how I want. And, you know, there's the saying, don't lose the, the forest, or I forget how it's said, but basically, you know, don't get so focused on one tree that you lose sight of the forest. And so often we do that. Focus in on the things we think our brother should not have done. We focus in on the things we don't like about our brothers and sisters, and we ignore the blessings that they are. They have shown up 
to play there in our dream to support us in remembering that we're in heaven. And so often we forget about that. We forget that, you know, my ex-husband, you know, basically in a way volunteered to be a jerk. <laughs> I said, kind of way to think of it. I think he, on a spiritual cosmic level, was here to be a jerk to me. <laughs> and I'll say that's taken me a long time to laugh about and a long time to smile about. I was not happy when I was married. I felt like I was worthless. I felt that I didn't deserve anything good in my life. I was extremely obese at the time, severely depressed. And now I can say thank you to my ex, not literally in my mind, for being a jerk to me. In my mind, he was a jerk. I should, I should say he was a jerk. He played the part of a jerk in my life. But I'll say here's the blessing of that. He became the biggest blessing for me. He is what got me to the gym, and I started getting my weight down after I left him. It happened to have been that my personal trainer taught A Course in Miracles. <laughs> was a student of A Course in Miracles, and he incorporated that into the training that we did at the gym. I know, wild. You are not a body. Now go do 20 push-ups. Um, and so this person of mine who I believe came into my life very deliberately to be mean on the cosmic level, that was the experience I needed to start to open the crack, to open the cosmic crack in my consciousness of the heaven beyond. And so we look at our brothers and say, are we going to focus on what's bad? Or are we going to focus on all the gifts he has given us? Oh, here, I'm going to give you this quote. I mentioned it earlier while I was out in the, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mentioned this quote while I was out in the rain with my dog. I think she's done with her business. Um, so judgment is but a toy, a whim. What if you recognize this world as a hallucination? What if you really understood that you made it up? And I'm going to skip down. I'm going to skip to 75. So only two purposes are possible, and one is sin, the other holiness. Nothing is in between, and which you choose determines what you see. For what you see is merely how you elect to meet your goal. And I talked about yesterday, if you happen to listen to Sunday service, I was in a waitressing job that was very, very challenging. Probably the most challenging waitressing job I've ever had. And I had a manager, one manager in particular, that was extremely difficult for me to work with. He, if I asked what station I was supposed to be on as a waitress, he would go in the back of the restaurant and yell at me sometimes. Um, he, he would criticize me right in front of servers, or, and from customers, actually. And I just kept coming back to saying, I am going to see the holiness in my brother. I am going to see that he is a child, innocent child of God. I don't know why he's acting out like he is. It's kind of like the tiger. I don't know why that tiger's acting like a little piggy, like a little pig. I don't understand why he's acting that way. So I am going to choose to focus on... I'm going to focus on that he's doing the best job he can, that he's trying to 
run this restaurant, always on time, that he always makes sure we get our side work done. And I really try to focus on the blessings and the gifts that he brought to my job. And I'll say, even though there was days there were still challenges, I started realizing that I had a much more positive experience with that supervisor than did most other server. Every other server would come in and complain about, oh, I have to work with so-and-so today. And I would come in and say, oh, I'm working with so-and-so. You know, I'm, I'm working with George. Not his name. Working with George. Um, and I knew when George was there, things would run smoothly because George didn't take nonsense from nobody. George did not take nonsense from nobody. In focusing on that, I had a much more positive experience, a much more loving experience of being able to see his innocence even when he got frustrated and upset than my colleagues who were focusing on the negative. And so we should my see sin and my grace holiness. And how whatever I like to see is what I'm going to see. And I think that really comes back to then, guess what? It's not about the other person. It's about you. It's about what are you choosing in this moment to focus on? What are you choosing in this moment to make your idol, ultimately? What are you doing and choosing within the experience to focus on? Yes, it's a miracle. You're great. So you're so telling my story, ha, 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 in so many parallel ways. I've noticed everyone here does it too. So who's seeing, who's telling, whose story? Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, says, I had a pet pig that was better mannered than my dogs, me and my partner. When my dogs misbehave, I should call them, you human. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, um, I, I said that I joke. I think my dog thinks she's a little person. We're in the car, she's, my dog has a dog like they're behind them in like a squat position. We're in the car, she doesn't. She sits with her legs out in front of her like she's a little person. It cracks me up. So, this is actually, I've got two, but this is original edition, chapter 14. Um, and I just kind of want to finish with the thought. It says, the only judgment involved at all is the holiest one division into two categories. One of love and the other the call for love. Where there is love, your brother must give it to you because of what it is. But where there is need for that, you must give it because of you are. Guess what that's saying? Verse 57, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what happens, no matter your perception, no matter your judgment, the Holy Spirit breaks it up into one of two things. Your brother is expressing love, and you accept that love, or your brother is calling for love, and you express the love. Which, guess what? means no matter what's going on, exactly, Dan's has said it, love or call for love, it's always love. It's what it all comes down to. No matter what my thoughts are, no matter what the circumstances are, acknowledge I'm going to let those go, and I am going to respond in love. 
I'm going to respond from the space that the truth of what I am and the truth of what the other person is. Because remember I said earlier what I said, except for Trump. Now you got Trump some love too. Um, what I say earlier, love created you as itself. And guess what? Love created your sister as itself. Love created your brother as itself. Love created your employer as itself. It's all about love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. So, I want to do a short meditation here um, as we're getting kind of close on the end. And basically, I just want you to think of somebody as we do this meditation. I think my dog wants to go for a walk again. She's going to wait until the meditation's over. Um, kind of get yourself centered in and focused and settled. And kind of just think of someone in your life. And I'm not going to give you any guidance on that. Not going to give you any guidance as to who you are going to picture at this moment. It could be somebody that you're friends with. It could be somebody that you're not so friendly with. Whatever. <coughs> I know that Holy Spirit has given you that person, whoever it is, in your mind. And you're going to just sit there. So I want you to just a picture. We usually do this meditation towards the beginning, but I want to do it here at the closing. I want you to picture that person just sitting in front of you. And there's a spinning white light in the center of your heart space. And you and this person are facing each other. And that light within your heart is just representing the love of God. It represents your true essence. It represents your true nature. It is the love that created you. Either, you can either physically do this or in your mind's eye do it. Some people like to actually do it with their hands. So place your hands over your like I said, you can just do that in, in your mind also if you prefer. And allow that white light that's in your heart to expand and to just fill your hands. So it's almost like the white light has doubled itself. It's a white light within your heart and it's a shimmering white ball of light in your hands also. And depending on your comfort level, depending on who you've envisioned sitting there with you, you can either just simply extend your hands outward and share that white light with them. Or if you feel more comfortable, you can reach out your hands and place your hands even on their hearts and allow the white light to also permeate their hearts. Whichever way you did, allow yourself just to vision both of you, whether you're holding hands or maybe your hand is on their chest, or maybe you've sat back and you're just watching each other. 
but you notice yourself in both this person are filled with this white 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 light of love. There's no difference, there's no separation. There's just love expanding and filling into both of your beings. And just allow yourself to think of one, maybe two things which you can be grateful to this person for. Maybe it's something they've said. Maybe it's something they've done. Maybe it's just something you've observed in their life. And just give them gratitude and thanks for showing up and doing those things that have supported you in your life. And just take a nice deep breath in as you finish this time of gratitude for this person. Now you can just picture them going on their way. You send them off with blessings and gratitude. And you just allow yourself to come back in to your being, focusing back on the present space you're in. Maybe take a couple deep breaths. Inhale and exhale. Maybe wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers a little bit. And if that brought up any feelings for you, just note them. They're okay, no matter what they are. And then just say thank you to yourself as you begin to open your eyes and get settled back into the space where you now are at. Well, thank you, my little beloveds. It was good being here with you. Thank you for ah, being patient. <laughs> um, I actually was just telling my doggy during the meditation. I think she really has to go potty again. So. I'm going to scooch on out, and you are both welcome, Dances and Golden Gay and the Humble Pooh Bear, and I guess it's Phil and all of you, and nothing but a dreamer. It is so good seeing all of you here. I'm hoping Lynn is handy and nearby, because I'm going to let go of the mic about two minutes early. Um, I believe she runs some recordings for the remainder of the evening, or you can check out some of the other channels. But I'm hoping she's here just because my doggy's tummy is rumbling. So I think she's really, really got to go. So I'm going to send you all blessings, and hopefully I will see you all next week. Take care.